The Daily Tap is live for Friday. We are talking Aaron Rodgers' retirement rumors and why they are not surprising. We'll also talk about the Brewers' epic comeback over the San Diego Padres in three takes and out. We'll do another edition of Properly Rated, Overrated, and Underrated to get you into the weekend. And we should have a good one. Excited for this one. Uh, looking forward to the podcast. Make sure to follow along on social media, tapping the keg on Twitter, tapping the keg sports on Instagram. We had great feedback on the properly rated, overrated, underrated last week. So hopefully we get the same results on Instagram. Also on TikTok, uh, tapping the keg sports there. Also on Facebook. So make sure you're following along on all. Rate, review, subscribe. You know the deal. Uh, make sure you're sharing with your friends. If you're out this weekend, tell them about our podcast. We'd appreciate it. Any word of mouth is good word of mouth. I'm going to have to start developing those QR codes. So that's something I have to get going on. Hold me to it. If I don't have those done by July 4th, we'll figure out something, some sort of giveaway, some sort of thing that I could give the people, uh, grace the people with, and hold my ass accountable. All right, let's talk about Aaron Rodgers and the potential of retirement. Aaron Rodgers was in the match on Wednesday. We did not talk about it on Tabby the Keg because most of the match was going on while Mitch and I taped. Aaron Rodgers got done after hitting the game-winning putt uh, as he beat him and Tom Brady, beat Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. And Rodgers said this when it came to retirement. We, you, commit or when, this is a typo by Mike Flora of all people, uh, get Flora on that. When you commit, you're 100%, Roger said. But the older you get, the interest change. The grind, I think, wears on you a little more. The football part is the easy part. That's the joy. It's the other stuff that wears on you and makes you think about life after football. Tommy, speaking about Brady, obviously set the bar so high playing many years, but I can definitely see the end coming. Remember also, Roger said that before... The He entered the weekend of training camp last year when he was 50-50 on whether he wanted to play. Now, Rodgers and the Packers were still at a little bit of odds during that time. And Rodgers, I think, was a bit burned out by football. Now, Aaron Rodgers could be perceived as the next Brett Favre. That this is basically what Favre did for the tail end of his career. That every year, we were on Favre watch wondering if Brett Favre was going to retire. And he made this a dramatic sort of three or four year saga where we went, will he or won't he? And then finally the Packers were like, all right, dude, you know, I don't know if the Packers told him this shit or get off the park, but Mike McCarthy put the screws on Brett Favre, did not let Brett Favre kind of get what he wanted and Brett Favre retired. It was one of the Saturdays as a Wisconsin sports fan to have Brett Favre retire. It ruined me for days. Like I, I still like can remember where I was. I was in Eau Claire. I was writing something for I think Chuck's Corner at that time, and I remember writing like this must have been how you know Celtics fans felt when Larry Bird left. This must be how Bulls fans felt when Michael Jordan left. That's the how high we put Brett Favre on that pedestal, even though he only won one Super Bowl. And at that point, we also were like, who is this Aaron Rodgers guy? People knew Aaron Rodgers was. There was talks about how Aaron Rodgers got on the bar at the Pickle. There's a famous picture of this uh, in Eau Claire. So he's a little bit of a local legend, if you will. But no one was really buying a ton of stock in Aaron Rodgers. Yet, as the summer went on, people got into the idea of Rodgers. But there was a lot of will he or won't he from Brett Favre. So many see this as yet another version that basically Aaron Rodgers has transformed to the Brett Favre. It's crazy how this happens. I don't know if it's Green Bay. 
I don't know if it's the freedom that the Packers give their quarterbacks, but it seems like it's running on a similar path. But if you really think about it, there are a lot of quarterbacks that talk this way. Remember, Tom Brady retired for, what, a a month? And then he decided to come back. Then you also had Drew Brees, who was indecisive for the last couple of years and has even floated the idea of potentially coming back this year. Ben Roethlisberger didn't like how it ended in Pittsburgh. That was recently reported. But Ben Roethlisberger also had similar will he or won't he. This is not uncommon in football. I think Peyton Manning even had a couple of this. These guys are competitors, but like Roger says, the other stuff wears on you. So I don't think we should be surprised that Aaron Rodgers is thinking about life after football. Aaron Rodgers knows that he can pretty much do whatever he wants. If Aaron Rodgers wants to go in a canyon and grow a massive fucking beard and long hair and look unrecognizable, he can do that. But if Aaron Rodgers wants to clean up a little bit and get a little prim and proper and run for like U.S. Representative or U.S. Senate in California... That probably can be on the table too for him if he wanted. I couldn't see that from Rodgers, truth be told. But Aaron Rodgers, the world is his oyster. And Tom Brady is a, just, I think, an insane person. I think Tom Brady doesn't really like his wife and kids. I know he acts all goody too. But like, if you really liked your wife and kids, wouldn't you want to be with them? Now, Aaron Rodgers is back together with Shailene Woodley. Um, I don't think they're engaged at this point, but they're back together as long as we know. If Aaron Rodgers decides to start a family, which is something Rodgers talked about, I could see Rodgers retire. And I don't think any of us would blame him, right? I mean, why wouldn't you retire after you have all this money and now you get to raise either your newborn girl or your newborn boy? And that's sort of what you are. Now, being a newborn dad, as friends have told me, I do not have experience yet. It's, it can be tough. But I, I do think that that might be something where Aaron Rodgers is like, all right, I'm going to focus my time here. Might do some TV hits here and there. I'm sure that there will be somebody knocking on Rodgers' door to potentially work. Um, there, I don't know. I mean, actually, I don't know. The jobs might be done, right? Uh, Fox has Brady. CBS has Romo. I guess maybe NBC. Right? NBC could kick out Chris Collinsworth, which would, seems wild, right? But if they were like, all right, we can put him in for Aaron Rodgers. But I don't know if Rodgers wants to do that. Like, I think Rodgers just kind of wants to live his life, even though he would get a massive paycheck from NBC. And I'm not going to worry about any of it. All right? Like, I think there are going to be Packer fans that are like, all right, here we go. It's the far thing all over again. But, like, this is why you have to embrace the rock. And I talked a little bit about this last year, and this is something my good friend Murph told me about with Rodgers early on. Like, he was more on Rodgers' side than he was Goody's side. It's it was, a, it was a little bit of a thing with us. We were on opposite sides of the fence, but that's okay. You're friends, and you don't have to agree on everything. But he had a really good comment about this mantra, if you will, of enjoying what you have with Aaron Rodgers. And that at some point it's going to end. And if this season is the last season of Aaron Rodgers, let's live it up. Let's win 14 or 15 games. Let's get to a Super Bowl. Let's win it all. I saw Rich Eisen kind of talking about the pressure being off Aaron Rodgers a little bit. Which is an interesting take, but I I don't necessarily disagree with it, right? 
Patrick Mahomes, I actually think, has a lot of pressure on him. I think Josh Allen has a lot of pressure on him. I don't know if Rodgers isn't... Justin Herbert's another guy who I think has a lot of pressure on him. I don't know what the pressure index is for Aaron Rodgers. Because yes, he needs to win another Super Bowl. Sure. But he doesn't have Devontae Adams, one of the best receivers in football. That's no skin off my ass. I'm fine. I'll be okay. I think the Packers have proven they can do it without Devontae. They're 7-0. But he doesn't necessarily have as many weapons, maybe. And so that might ease a little bit of the pressure. And Aaron Rodgers has found a lot of peace. Now, I thought he was going to be in that comfortable zen for San Francisco. And I'll be honest with you guys. I, I said this to Mitch yesterday, but I think if they played any other team in San Francisco, the Packers at least win the first round. And if they got the Rams, I think they would have won because they are very confident against that team. And if the Packers would have won the Super Bowl, Last year, I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is back. Aaron Rodgers is chasing that Super Bowl. How long before he's like, enough's enough? I at least have one Super Bowl. I have all these personal accolades. I am one of the most successful quarterbacks of all time. Yes, Tom Brady is the greatest, okay? I hate calling him the GOAT because the GOAT, talk about overrated. Fucking that term can just go die. I fucking hate it. I, I really do. It's so annoying. It's everything's the goat. Oh, that was goaded. Fuck off, dude. Like, so, so fucking dumb. But anyways, Rodgers is among the top, top tier quarterbacks of all time. Even if Rodgers did not play in the, shall we say, seven-on-seven seven era of the NFL, Rodgers would still be incredible. I'm convinced of that. If Rodgers played in Favre's era, I think Rodgers would have great numbers. I think he would have won MVPs. I think he would have been an excellent football player, even in that generation. Could argue that Aaron Rodgers has struggled sometimes in terms of the hit department with a variety of concussions, with a variety of collarbone injuries. But I I do truly believe that Aaron Rodgers could do it in any generation. Speaking of collarbones, speaking of concussions, I think Aaron Rodgers has six concussions. That's a lot. It's It's not a small number. Aaron Rodgers also has two collarbone injuries. I think if Rodgers were to hurt his collarbone again or were to get a significant concussion, I do wonder if that would be it. I do wonder what keeps what would what's kind of that line of demarcation for Rodgers. And one of them I think might be injuries. Just considering Shailene, his wife or girl, whatever, not a wife, his girlfriend is not a sports person. I could see her really pushing hard with Aaron and saying, you should give this up. Why continue to put yourself through this? And maybe he listens and says, all right. But I want the ride to finish out on the high note. I realize that there are so many examples of it not. But the Green Bay Packers have a great chance to end Aaron Rodgers' career with a Super Bowl victory. Now, Green Bay is very fucked from a contract perspective if Aaron Rodgers does in fact retire. I don't really know what happens. I would have to believe there is something written in the contract about Rodgers and retirement. I, I I truly, truly believe that. I don't I think that maybe not it is I wouldn't say it's disingenuous, but I don't really understand why the media didn't follow up when Rogers talking retirement. Like, all right, you just signed this major deal with the Green Bay Packers to stay. They will be hamstrung if you decide to retire. How, what do you think about that? Are you, is that 
do you think about that as you evaluate everything? And if Rogers like, no, I don't, don't really care. That would be a bad look, but I don't think you would say that. Regardless, I'm not surprised that Aaron Rodgers doesn't that he was retired. Like if he he's talking retirement, every old quarterback does. I think that we get spoiled as a football society because Tom Brady's an alien, right? Tom Brady can go all all the time with being like, oh, I can play forever. I'll play till I'm 45, this, that, and the other. No, Not everybody's Tom Brady. And even though Aaron Rodgers, I think, has shown he can play deep into his 40s, and he doesn't look like he's starting to take a step back like Roethlisberger and Breeze, I'm sure at some point he wants to be done with the day-to-day grind of football. So enjoy the ride, Packer fans. This could be the last one, or the next year, or the year after that. But regardless, we've had a really special run with Aaron Rodgers. Moving on to the Milwaukee Brewers, what a fucking win for the Brewers tonight. Brewers win 5-4. They walk it off in an in incredible fashion. I was I had the game on mute. Um, didn't wasn't really watching the finals, kind of here and there. Was tuning in. I was like, all right, I'll just throw on the crew and do my job. So I have some podcasts talk about things like that. Laying with my dog Lily, um, we're just messing around, whatever. And I sit up for the ninth inning. I'm like, all right, let's lock in ninth inning. We'll see what happens. See if they can make something happen. Down four run, four one. The Padres got an insurance run uh, in the eighth inning. And all of a sudden, it starts sort of coming together, right? You had, a, I think it walked first. Then you had two hit batsmen. And the bases were loaded for Jace Peterson, who's arguably the hottest hitter for the Milwaukee Brewers. And Jace Peterson absolutely drills one. Probably gets a home run in any other part of the stadium. But he hits the corner of the right center wall. The game gets tied up. And the Milwaukee Brewers then walk it off with Andrew McCutcheon a batter later. Jace Peterson has been on an absolute fucking tear for the Milwaukee Brewers. It has been wonderful to watch Jace Peterson rise up. I think Jace Peterson and Keston Hira are in constant competition for who stays up for the Milwaukee Brewers right now. Because at some point, Willie Adamas is going to come off the IL. At some point, Hunter Renfro is going to come off the IL. And the Brewers are going to have to make some real decisions. Now, Mike Bourseau has another sprained ankle. So this is now the third fucking sprained ankle for the Milwaukee Brewers in the last two, three weeks. Can we get these guys better shoes? Like, what the fuck are we doing here? How do we keep spraining ankles? Like, We have to really look a lot, lot harder at what our footwear is right now. We need, might need to fix that. Might need to see if there's some correlation there and talk to the equipment manager. But regardless, Jace Peterson looked everything in the eye and said, all right, I'm going to make sure that I do not get DFA'd. And I'll tell you what, I'll be honest. I have tweets that I thought Jace Peterson should get DFA'd because I looked at what Jace Peterson did and he was not really producing. And when Jace Peterson doesn't produce because he doesn't really hit for power and if he just is getting on base by walks, his defense is... I would say subpar at third base. It's not something to write home about. But now he's he's just been an, an absolute monster. Jace Peterson now for the last seven days. 389, two home runs, five RBIs. 
He has a slugging percentage of 1,000, OPS of 142. He's seven of his last 18. To make me look even stupider, Jace Peterson, or more stupid, good grammar there. Jace Peterson's batting 281 this month, four home runs, 11 RBIs. He has a OPS of 946. Now, in my defense, Jace Peterson was brutal for the month of May and, or month of April, excuse me. And the month of May, while it's weird, right? Because he's his 30-day number, I think because of the June production, looks a lot better than the May number. The May number actually has Jace batting 238. He also had 22 strikeouts during that time. So, you know, there was frustration early May. And now it's like, all right, Jace Peterson, almost an everyday guy. He's almost a guy that kind of needs to be out there for the Brewers right now. He's the only one that seemingly is producing, which is okay. I'm okay with that. Last week it was Tyrone Taylor. This week it's Jace Peterson. Next week it would be Robbie Tellez. Week after that it could be Christian Yelich, who I know a lot of people are frustrated with right now. Any which way that the Brewers do it, it just showcases the depth of this baseball team. And that to me is is really something to hang your hat on. It's definitely something to think about as you get closer and closer to October. That there are a lot of guys on this team that can beat you. And yes, should you rely on Jace Peterson every game? Absolutely not. But he, he came through in the clutch in this one. Second take, I have Adrian Hauser bounce back. Gave up one run. Was pretty solid through five innings after getting absolutely shellacked in St. Louis last weekend. It's really good from Adrian Hauser. We need Adrian Hauser to be good in this time where you don't have Freddie Peralta, you don't have Brandon Woodruff. You need Hauser to be one of the stabilizers. Him, Eric Lauer, Corbin Burns who pitches tonight, you need those guys to kind of stabilize, stabilize your rotation. And then with the young guys, whether it's Ashby and Alexander or Ethan Small, who I think didn't get called, who hasn't got called back up, but if it's Ashby and Alexander, then you have to make sure that you have those wins for those three. Because I, I think with Ashby and Alexander, who we, we didn't talk about Jason Alexander, who pitched very well on Wednesday. But I think it's it's not necessarily house money, but it's like you don't know what you're going to expect. It's actually the opposite of house money. It's like a complete crapshoot. It's like you're rolling the dice. I know Ashby's been good, but still, really young pitcher, has not seen every team. Ashby's probably going to get Philadelphia next week. And Philly hit him pretty good. Well, it was kind of a weird thing, right? Because he was good for two innings and they left him in too long. Philly saw him again in the order and they tore him apart in that third third inning. And that worry that's worrisome, right? Because it's like, all right, the more they saw this guy, the more they started hitting. Philly very good against left-handers. That's going to be a challenge for Ashby. No question about it. So that's why you need Adrian Hauser to be good. You don't necessarily need Adrian Hauser to be Corbin Burns, but you need him to just steady the tide. Would I like him to pitch more than five innings? Yes, of course. But at the same time, giving up only one run, being efficient out there is good stuff. And he needed that after struggling at St. Louis Cardinals. Because you can see this on that as a pitcher is where they just get into a funk and they're off the rails for 30 days. And then I'll come back. It'll be all right. But it, that didn't happen with Hauser tonight. He's too good. Um, and that's really solid out of him. Last thing, runners in scoring position, uh, they were an issue tonight. Chase Peterson had the only 
hit with runners in scoring position. Three for 12 for the Brewers uh, in this game. They left a lot of ducks on the pond. This That's probably would have been the top thing we talked about is not coming up with a big hit. Has been a problem for the Brewers since I've been born. And they, you know, McCutcheon, the fifth inning was really frustrating. Brewers are down are up down one nothing. They load the bases. McCutcheon again gets up with the bases loaded. And he hits into a nearly a double play, but it's a fielder's choice. Run scores. Brewers are one one. And then Urias hits it right to Cronenworth, and it's a double play, inning over. I do believe that Andrew McCutcheon should probably hit sixth or seventh right now. I realize clutch hit if you get him going. But he needs to be down in that order. I, I don't necessarily think Andrew McCutcheon is a top four hitter at this point. I know that's how some people feel about Christian Yelich too. But that's how I feel definitely about McCutcheon. And I don't know what they're going to do with Lorenzo Cain. Lorenzo Cain, I know he had a home run last week. Kind of looked like he was seeing some stuff in St. Louis. And then Chicago went off the rails and he looked like the bad low Cain again. They have a really tough call. They have a really, really tough call with Lorenzo Cain. And what do they do there? But it should be a good weekend. Tomorrow's pitching matchup is all time. I'm actually I'm mad that my buddy Pat couldn't come down. He's like, oh, I wish I could watch Burns pitch tonight. I didn't realize that we're going to get Burns versus Joe Musgrove. Musgrove has a 1.86 ERA. Burns a 1.9. The over-under is set at 6.5. Um, that is going to be an awesome match, awesome pitching matchup. Uh, between those two guys. Then on Saturday, it'll be actually Ashby. So Ashby might not pitch against Philly because he goes Saturday. So I think he actually misses Philadelphia. Uh, But Ashby goes up against young Mackenzie Gore. Uh, The guys at Divine Sports Gospel call themselves Gore Whores. Uh, Mackenzie's a fucking great, great pitcher. He's looking like the rookie of the year so far. Brewers struggle against lefties. Uh, This will be the second time the Padres see Ashby. So that could be could be a little precarious for the Brewers on Saturday. And then the series wraps up. Brandon Woodruff, Bobble Day. Mike Clevenger, who comes off the IL to face Eric Lauer. So Eric Lauer will face his old mates. Again, a tough spot for Lauer. Back-to-back lefties. They'll, be, they'll kind of be familiar with the lefties. But we'll see if Lauer and the Brewers can get it done. I think with this road, or I'm sorry, with this homestand, you just want to go two and two on the weekend again. Five hundred's fine. Like splitting four game series is absolutely fine. You win tomorrow, it's house money. You'd like to keep winning when Corbin Burns on the mound, but Joe Musgrove is a really tough task. I think the last game was the first one they had lost with Joe Musgrove on the mound. Like the 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 Padres played very good with Musgrove on the mound. Yeah, that was the first one. They lost four to two to the Pirates. Those sneaky pirates, man. Sweep the Dodgers. Uh, we'll see what, what they have in store for an encore this weekend. But yeah, uh, Musgrove has been stellar all season. All right, let's move on to America's favorite game, properly rated, overrated, or underrated to take you out on this Friday. We did this last week, and if you weren't listening last week, I get it, right? It was more late weekend. Basically, we're taking three topics. We're looking at them. We're saying, hey, is this thing overrated, underrated, properly rated? All right. And so far, we were kind of, at first, I was like, oh, let's do, I thought I was going to do like a whole summer thing on this. I was going to do a whole show on it. And then it, it kind of was like, I had to talk about this Bucks one seed thing. And then I was like, you know what? 
a lot of this stuff is maybe a little too broad where you're like, okay, I'd say this is overrated, underrated. I could offend somebody. It's like, I don't want to do this. Uh, more so like with different bars and restaurants and things things of that nature. So I was like, all right, let's kind of bring this out, out in the open. Let's spread this out. And the response on Instagram was good. So I was like, all right, let's, let's keep this rolling. First topic is shorts. Shorts at the bar, actually. Not just shorts, so I should clarify. Shorts at the bar, properly rated. It's a properly rated item, okay? It's not overrated, it's not underrated. I don't think anyone would say shorts at the bar is underrated, right? Because it's some, some people wear it all the time. Like some people don't care. They will wear shorts from the start of June till the end of September. Some crazies will wear shorts in the middle of winter because they're just warm people and they continue to wear shorts. I knew multiple guys like that in Eau Claire. They were absolute psychos, all right? I just didn't understand it. Like I'm, I run hot, but I, I need to be wearing jeans. So anyways, shorts at the bar is not a bad move. If you're going out with your friends and the weather's nice, there's nothing wrong with wearing shorts. Absolutely nothing wrong. You can wear them with sandals, which we talked about last week, or you can wear them with shoes, wear them with sneakers, whatever you may, may do, but you can wear shorts at the bar. That's not a problem, all right? If you're just going, let's just say the broad house, you're going to the harp, shorts are perfectly fine. But if you're going to go out clubbing, you got to wear jeans or some sort of pants, golf pants, if you will, uh, some chinos, right? Like you can't necessarily show up in shorts at, at the club. Now, I'm sure the club doesn't care because they don't know which person is worth a ton of money or not. They'll probably let somebody in wearing shorts as long as they're respectable, right? But I think shorts are a bad look at a nightclub. I just do. I think shorts are a bad look kind of bachelor parties, right? Unless it's unbearably hot. Like I think you want to kind of look a little bit better at a bachelor party. And it, it's it's weird, right? But you're rolling deep. You're you want to you want to kind of look, maybe not the alpha, but you want to look good for the group. And you want to make sure that the group looks like they're down to have a good time. And I think sometimes shorts kind of look a little bit childish. I remember in Vegas, one of the big sort of mind blowing things was that you can't really wear shorts anymore. And that's kind of how I approach a lot of bachelor parties. It's like, all right, she should really be like rocking jeans. I think I rock shorts at my bachelor party, so I'm probably being a huge fucking hypocrite here. I did rock shorts at my bachelor party. So maybe not like a full, I don't know. If you're if it's your bachelor party, I mean, I'm going to twist this to my favor. If it's your bachelor party, do whatever the fuck you want, all right? But if you're a guest, you want to look good. You want to make sure that the groom has a good looking, good looking group around him. And I think jeans look a little bit better, right? And especially if you're doing something like a Vegas, you have to wear jeans. And it's weird because I was in jeans in like 114 degree weather for my guy Eric's bachelor party. And I never really felt that hot in them. You feel sweaty, right? But because it's a dry heat, it wasn't as bad, shockingly. Um, but yeah, we wore jeans everywhere and it was fine, right? And it wasn't really that big of a deal and you didn't look like a goober. I just think sometimes the shorts look can make you look sort of 
childish and immature. And so that's why I say, like, bachelor party, to me, is a little bit of a level up. Now, if everybody's wearing shorts, follow the trend, whatever. Then you all just kind of look like immature goobers. That's fine. And I realize what I'm saying now as someone who wore shorts to their bachelor party. I think for both days. I will also add just one little thing. If you want to level up your gooberism, shall we say, rock like a button-down t-shirt with it. If you wear a button-down t-shirt plus shorts, I think then you're you're kind of okay. And nice shoes. Then at least you can kind of make up for it. Looks a little flirty. Kind of have that look going. All right? I, I kind of went a little bit off the rails with shorts, but they're properly rated. Okay? We're just talking one night out. We're not talking about a club, anything like that. Shorts, properly rated. Overrated. Craft beer after 9 o'clock at the bars. Now, this is very specific, but hear me out. I don't think you should be drinking craft beer after 9 o'clock. I also don't think you should be drinking craft beer if it's 85 or hotter. Craft beer is not made for hot temperatures. It's also not made for late night drinking. First of all, for the late night drinking part of this, it fills you the fuck up. Like you feel very full. You can't crush beers drinking some IPA, right? Number two, if it's hot, like again, it's unfiltered. It's not that refreshing and it kind of can get warm really quick. Now, some people can say, Charlie, what about a sour? What about a wheat beer? What about a half of Weizen? I hear you, but again, I, I think I want something that I can crush. Like when I go out, I usually drink Miller Lite or a vodka soda. Why? That's my, those are my two drinks in the summer. Now, occasionally will I mix it up and have a seltzer? Yeah, I'm kind of getting more, and it's like, oh, you're getting more in the seltzers in 2022. Where the fuck have you been? I never had a problem with seltzers. It's just not my first thought. Like, I always am like beer or vodka soda. That's it. But every now and again, I'll spring for a seltzer. If someone buys a seltzer and is like, hey, I had an extra White Claw, I'm not going to say no to that. But yeah, I don't understand craft beer after about 9 o'clock. I think once you're, as long as you're like looking to crush, go for it. Now, if you're only having a couple beers and it, you're just visiting a friend or something like that, yeah, maybe maybe go craft beer. But again, I, I feel like there's something so refreshing about a light beer at 85 degrees, even at 80, right? Like I just feel there's something better about having a light beer. That's just me. Underrated, 310 baseball games for the Brewers. Now, we talked a little bit about this with Mitch yesterday, but I, I want to kind of go a little deeper. There is nothing better than a 310 baseball game, okay? For a little background, for a little history lesson for everybody, the reason why the Brewers have 310 games is because the MLB has 615 games that they want to show exclusively on Fox. Now, do those 310 games sometimes run over? Yes. But when those 615 games are going on, Fox kind of says we're not having any other games on. And if you're going to have a game on during that window we are going to block it. Like it's, people won't be able to watch it. So that's why you have the 310 games. And that's also why teams on the West Coast play at like nine or 10. Now, do I think they have a way to go in terms of their scheduling? Sure. I think it's crazy 
to me that we don't have Mets Dodgers for Fox. We have Angels Phillies and I think Cubs Cardinals. So of course it's Cubs Cardinals. We have to have Cubs Cardinals on every primetime game because it is a rivalry. People watch it. it t- they tune in. I get it. But I, it would be nice if we if, if ESPN and Fox talk. Like Fox has Cubs Cardinals. ESPN should do Mets Dodgers on, on Sunday. Also too, like it's a second place and I think a third place team. Like why do we care? Mets Dodgers is an excellent matchup that we should have on multiple times this weekend. But I don't I think you might be on MLB Network tomorrow. It's not necessarily on anywhere else. But back to the three ten games, that's why we have them. And they're right and I, I know we mentioned this a little bit on the podcast, so I bet I'm sorry that I repeat myself, but it is like one of the more underrated joys. To go to a game, grab a shuttle, say, all right, we're going to go to the game, have a few pops before, have a few pops after, have lunch at the bar if you want, right? You save a little money there. Keep drinking. Keep your buzz going. You don't need to get hammered at the game. Maybe you spring for Long Island if you want. I think those are still around. Um, And you then get good and drunk and you're feeling good heading back to the bar. And if the game is not a, a... marathon it's not like a four-hour game and it's i don't know three three and a half hours you're probably getting back to the bar by eight eight o'clock and then what's cool about it is you get all the brewer fans with you so it's one big party and i don't know about you but i thrive in chaos i love chaotic bars i absolutely adore a chaotic bar because i i just think it makes life so much more fun people to talk to you have just the vibes are good it doesn't feel like you are the only one there drinking with the bartender i did that at slate to support my guy shakehead and man that was sad i feel bad i felt terrible for shannon like i i really did i know it's not under his control it's nothing he can do right um but it was yeah that was rough um but i was glad we were there we had fun we had an awesome time on on sunday but it, it's great. Like, that's just, it's it sets the table for the rest of the night. And then also, too, like, I have to get better at this as I get older because I just can't drink for an entire, like, 12-hour day. But you can go home at 10 o'clock or 11 and feel like you had a fulfilled day. Like, you don't have to stay out till 1 or 2 o'clock at night. You can say, all right, we've been drinking since 3 o'clock or since 2 o'clock. And can go home. And honestly, even if you're like, I'm going to go home, I'm going to have a couple beers and go home after that and not really go out. That also still, again, pretty fulfilled day. 6-10 games just suck. There's nothing fun about a 6-10 Saturday game. Because it's literally your whole night. Because if the game goes long, even if the game goes short, even if it's like a not, it finishes three hours or three and a half, you still need to wait for everybody to get on the shuttle. It's a shit show to get there. It's probably an hour before you're back. And it's already like 1040. And then your buzz is kind of worn off a little bit. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of 610 Saturday games. I should probably do that. Actually, be a great podcast. Just power rank the different start times for the Brewers and different days and environments. Because I, I do have opinions, shockingly. As I told you at the beginning of the podcast, I have opinions on everything. So I have, I have opinions on when are the better games and when are not. All right, that'll do it for today's show. 
I uh, hope you guys enjoyed. I uh, have a good weekend. We'll be back on Monday. We'll talk Brewers Padres. Uh, maybe we'll dive in a little bit into the finals um, since we'll have two games of things to talk about um, and see what else. See what else comes through. Uh, take care of yourself. Have a great weekend. And we'll be back on Monday. See you guys. Bye.